What's up, everyone, and welcome back to Alternate Reality, where we talk about everything gaming, everything nerdy, basically everything awesome. I am one of your hosts, Eber Hammer, and I am joined, as always, by Muggin. Yo. Yo, we have been away for a little bit, but we have so much awesome stuff to talk about this week. We already did, for our patrons, like a 30-minute thing for uh, Super Mario, the movie, where we talked about all that kind of stuff. But yeah, how are you feeling after all of this news and awesome movies? Oh man, it's been crazy, dude. I went to Costa Rica for 10 days. Um, Mm -hmm. Shout out to the Swedes if you're listening. They said they were going to get our (laughs) podcast, but um, what's up? Um, And uh, yeah, that was an awesome trip. And then I came back and been super busy catching up. And then then all of the, you know, celebration happened, is happening right now. And it's been... I, I would say the the amount of stuff coming out of Celebration so far is mm-hmm. probably... I'm more excited for Star Wars right now than I think I maybe ever have been. So yes. um, it's definitely going in the right direction. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm stoked to talk about what we've got to talk about today. But yeah, sorry for being absent, but we're going to be getting back onto a more re- regular recording structure. Um, and yep. Yep. Yeah. We yep. have... Um, <laughs> Basically, for most of this episode, we're going to be talking a lot about movies and all the breakdowns and everything like that. So we're really looking forward to it. Um, but yeah, for as far as like our weeks and you know what happened, we obviously saw a lot of movies. Um, was there any particular games that you got into or anything like that? I know you're coming down off of a vacation, but um, yeah. So let me think here. Um, do you want to do the gaming first then real quick? Um, if you want to hop right into it, we can. Yeah, because there's only a few there. Yeah, can, so, I mean, yeah. that kind of covers what I've been doing. So, <laughs> gotcha, um, <okay. laughs> so uh, Diablo 4 beta obviously happened, and I was able to get in, uh, I think, like maybe like 12-ish hours Mm-hmm. Um, into that over the weekend and and I am just like dying to get my hands onto the full game of that so um, that's that was a lot of fun did you get to play that at all or did you yep. miss the weekend yeah yep. what did you think it. did you like it I liked it um, yeah. it definitely was it was different than oh yeah no definitely yeah it was yeah. different it was it felt um, slower not in a bad way but just like in almost kind of like a more old school way, which I think is their intention, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, much I more think of a that dungeon, was the goal. Yeah, like a much more of a dungeon crawler situation that we used to see rather than what we see now, where it's just everything super fast-paced and just thousands of enemies coming in your face, um, which I'm sure we'll get, you know, into that kind of stuff later on with it. But it felt, it felt good, though. It just was, it was slower to start than... I am personally used to, um, but I think overall most people enjoyed that. It was a little bit more of a negative for me, but I, I'm not going to hold it against it, you know? Well, yeah, I mean, I was talking to um, uh, uh, one of our listeners um, from way back when um, uh, who still listens, I think, so Cyber Shark and I and Dorian, were, were, we have like a chat called Diablo. Mm-hmm. Diablo fun because we all play Diablo. Anyway, we were talking about it pretty pretty intensely, and he <clears throat> he wasn't digging the open world nature and the slowness of it. He's like, I just want to go fast and get drops and yeah. and, and do that right. So the Diablo three <clears throat> side of things, and you know, I've been looking back at D two and D and even Diablo one, 
and seeing that evolution of the you know going from crawling the dun- you know crawling for story and then into the speed side of of Diablo 3 and then now into this I did find areas where I was finding cuz I got to like level 22 I think mm-hmm. um where I was running into like huge packs of mobs and and having right. to dart around to kind of stay alive and and move quickly and I think there's going to be room for that speed um mm-hmm. in the end game uh but I think for me overall I think it's a good meld of what was good about Diablo Immortal, mm-hmm. what was what was good about Diablo Two, and what was good about Diablo Three, without going to the you know the nth the degree. Yeah, but I but also if you look at like what the Paragon Tree looks like, I don't know if you've watched any because they've been releasing a lot more information about the end game over the last right. two weeks. The Paragon Tree is crazy huge. Mm. Um, and then also they were talking about like how the end game is going to work and there's going to be a bunch of different types of activities that you can do like if you want to be a dungeon driver you can dive the dungeon if you want to wander around the world and do world events in the various zones you can do that like there's a bunch of different ways to go about um the end game to further strengthen your character etc um so i think they're they were kind of basically saying we want to take all of the different facets of the action RPG, you know, and, and give everybody an opportunity to kind of play their way. Right. right. Which is interesting that they've found a way. And they said, like, once you've reached like max level and you're into Paragons, there's 120 unique dungeons in the game total. Right. I mean, that's a lot of dungeons. That is a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> And uh, so I think that's pretty cool. And since it's a set world map, kind of like Diablo Immortal was, and I don't know if you've seen the full map, but it's it's friggin' huge. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think it's gonna be I think it's gonna be fun. I'm I'm looking forward to like getting into that uh, side of it. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm really excited for where D4 can go. Yeah. Um, well, I think we're yeah. I think we're in the same boat there for that one. What about? Um, Hygen. Yeah, so uh, I've been I played it. So Hygen came out. I think it's been five days now. Mm-hmm. Um, it came out. It had a shitty soft launch that kind of really ruined a lot of the hype they had going for it. Yeah. Um, they did manage to get it out before uh, Honkai, which was good. Yeah. Um, which I can't just, say just the same bit, for another yeah. game. Um. Uh, which I'm going to actually add right now. Um, mm-hmm. um, and uh, I don't know. It's, it's good. It, it's decent. I, I like some aspects of it. Some of it I don't. It's, it's a little bit more grindy. Yeah. Um, I have been fortunate. I did pull both of the limited banner characters. In fact, I got two copies of the one that just came out yesterday. So I'm pretty set on her. She's already four star. Um I like a lot of what's going on there. I feel like it's a little bit more confusing than it needs to be with kind of how they set the world up, um, you know, with the with that kind of stuff. But, I mean, the animations are good. The graphics are good. The, you know, they simplified the characters enough. Um, but, yeah, I just, I, I think, and I'm seeing from a lot of the people that I'm playing with right now is that everyone's basically going, well, yeah, my only goal is to get through the next three weeks with this until high until right. honkai comes out and then i'm just dropping it I, I don't care where i'm at or how much money i've spent i'm gonna drop it for honkai 
So people have kind of already made up their minds. So they're going to have probably a decent first month, but then they're going to, and I think almost every game is going to see a pretty massive drop off in in player base for the next few months as people really dig into Honkai on the 25th. So we're 15 days out from that right now. Um, So yeah, that, that'll be interesting to see what happens there. What, what did you think so far? Um, so for me, I definitely, I'm, I'm in the same boat. Like, I feel like it's just, I feel like it's very grindy. I think that would be my big thing. Um, and then the other issue is definitely, which is more of a personal issue, but it is, it is an issue that I think is going to be plaguing the game. And that is just, as you said, it's the release, like, like it's so close to, to the release of Honkai. And that is just such a massive game that's coming out that mm-hmm. everyone's been waiting for like mm-hmm. i mean to be under that shadow for any game is basically a kiss of death yeah. you know what i mean so like it, it just is what it is on that like i think everyone is just kind of using this as a oh it'll be fun to play around with until the game that i really want you know and so well, yeah that's kind of i think you just hit the nail on the head with it i think like unfortunately it's just kind of reduced to that in everyone's eyes because even the people that are like genuinely love it the player base is going to get a massive cutoff like as soon as that game drops so yeah like it's just it just doesn't look good already therefore i don't want to invest in it and yeah it's just you know unfortunate circumstances around it so um but it's you know it's a good like time killer right now like you know it's just kind of something new and shiny to play with while i you know wait for the 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 end all be all at the end of the month yeah exactly um yeah and that leads into this next one is um lord of the rings heroes of middle earth um the game that was developed by um what was what Capital Games, which is the group that made Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes, announced their release date um, mm-hmm. for May 10th. Um, so they are going to be releasing 15 days after um, <laughs> Honkai comes out, which I think, again, is, is not the greatest because I don't know if you saw the trailer for that, but it, it looks like a five plus year old game, the trailer. That's you know, the yeah. We we played around with that on mm-hmm. the uh, when it was on beta. Yeah, I think I played for about two two and a half weeks. I think. Yeah. Um, I I couldn't I couldn't. It was so. It was honestly so rough. It basically like so. I've I've been playing Star Wars Galaxy Hero for like six and a half years now. It's like my mm-hmm. longest running game, right? And I I picked it up I think three days after launch, um. And. It feels, like. It feels like they took what was Star Wars Galaxy Heroes six and a half years ago mm-hmm. and said, this is what we're going to follow. Instead of looking at Galaxy of Heroes now, in its current state, with yeah. all of its quality of life improvements, with all of its tweaks and changes, with its updated graphics and everything, because the graphics engine they use sucks. It's very... Mm-hmm. And, and, I, and I know people are like, oh, well, it's stylized. It's more cartoony. It's like, dude, WoW looks a thousand times better than this game and it shouldn't I, like i mean like, like look you at can Gen- do cartoon is exactly. literal cartoony and yeah. but it looks amazing so that's i mean yeah, even never even expensive. breath of the wild right breath of the yeah, wild is much lower example. poly but it's a stylized design like they used right. a style 
that could also deliver performance, right? So some of that style is derived from what well, we want to minimize the performance impact on this system. With modern phones, like you can go cartoon, but also have like higher quality assets. It's just definitely. And then the, the like the the interface is like the old school, like oh, we're in a in a castle, and you have to like click physical objects that are in the castle, and like that stuff. If you look at a lot of the newer game interfaces, they've kind of gone away from that. That's a very old school, like skeuomorphic design. Now my user interface designer hat is on. That that that. I mean, we left that shit behind years ago, <laughs> right? Like you remember mm-hmm. when your phone used to have a, a wooden bookshelf, right? And your icons looked yeah. like they were shiny. And we've gotten rid of all that crap because it's we don't need to represent reality in our digital spaces anymore to 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 be comfortable in them, right? right. Um, well put, BT Dubs. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I do this for, I do that for, that's (laughs) what I do for a living. So, yeah, Um, it's just, just, you articulated incredibly (laughs) well there. But yeah, so that, that, um, that side of it like bugged the crap out of me. And, and I was in the, um, the Discord for that beta test and I was giving them UI feedback like crazy. Like, this is, I, I wouldn't do this. I would change this. I would tweak this. Why are your guys so zoomed out? Why isn't it closer? Make these buttons bigger. Make this text smaller. Like, and 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 my understanding is from someone in our Star Wars guild who continued to play it and still playing in that open beta in that beta right now and has been in focus groups for CG now because he's been so verbal mm-hmm. about his. He's saying that they're taking feedback and they have made updates and tweaks and stuff. He says they still have a long way to go. Um, but it's much more polished than when we played it. But right. my bigger issues than kind of the game itself was a lot of the visuals were just felt like I was playing something old. You know what I mean? And that, well, that's, that's the thing is like, like when you got shit like Honkai coming out or even Heigen looks mm-hmm. fantastic. Um, Relative to that, yeah. Yeah, you gotta be like, okay, well, does that give you a negative? view from your player base when they load it up and go god damn this game looks old as shit um am i playing a new game or is this another old game and then you're it's clunky and it's it feels like old antiquated systems that we haven't used in a while and and you're going oh well, shit this game does feel old it not not only does it look old it feels old and that's right. where it starts to get rough for me anyway. yeah yeah i'm with you there um I, I think it's one of those same situations where it is going to crash and burn, um, not only because of Honkai, but uh, definitely because of its own the own realities that it has. <laughs> it's just it really did feel like a game that was made like five six years ago. Like I dropped that game so fast it was hilarious. So, yeah, and, and yes, of course it it has gotten better, but the starting point was so far behind that even with vast improvements. It, it just is still far behind. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, like, to me, like, you look at, like, Star Wars Galaxy Heroes, right? And then you look at MSF. Mm-hmm. And while they have very different structures for monetization from a standpoint of, you know, right. the way they do releases and things like that, and a lot of the rating is different and blitzing doesn't exist and all these other things, right? Yeah. But when you look at, like, graphically... Right. If you look at the graphics and the design mm-hmm. and the and the user interface of MSF, it feels a lot more modern Definitely. because it's it's it's, you know, four years newer and it 
feels like it's a modern game. It feels like it's a newer game. As Star Wars has made updates where they could, and they've made tweaks, and they've made quality of life improvements, but they're still working on a game engine that was developed years and years and years ago, and without yeah. completely rebuilding their game engine, which they won't, they're doing the best that they can with what they've got. And I think they're making the right choices, and they've done good things, but... So then when you see their new game come out and it looks like the oldest old version of their old game. Yeah. Meanwhile, you have things like MSF and you have like Honkai Impact is a, you know, four characters, turn based, right? Mm -hmm. You know, it's not real time combat, action combat like Genshin. It's turn based like MSF and like SWGOH. You pick four characters, you put them in. It's it's a JRPG, basically, Mm -hmm. the turn based JRPG like all these are. They those are now competitors, and there's no way that Lord of the Rings Home is going to hold a candle to Honkai, except for the the biggest Lord of the Rings nerds. And I know Lord of the Ring nerds that are that that have played it and are like, I don't even know if I'm going to put my time into this. Exactly. And I'm like, if you, these huge Lord of the Rings nerds are already saying like, the IP isn't enough to make this game look good for me, now you've got a problem. Yeah, I agree. because. IP is only going to get you so far if the game system sucks. You know, there's yeah, bad Star Wars games, there's bad Warhammer games. It's yeah. a problem. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we'll see. I, I'm going to get it. I'll install it. I'll play it. I'll see what it's like. I'm interested to see what they've improved. But if it if it doesn't have the right things there, why am I going to invest my time in that when I could just be playing Galaxy Heroes and MSF, which I'm already playing, and now Honkai? Right. I mean, is there room in my life for a fourth turn-based hero collector? Like, <laughs> exactly. probably not. That's that's miles behind all of its competitors. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so. Exactly. Like, I mean, I got Apocalypse now. I mean, I gotta stick with MSF a little bit longer. Actually, use him. You know. Mm-hmm. Um. Right. So, yeah, that's the mobile stuff. I got. There's one more gaming thing if you want to talk about. Yeah, it. definitely. I want to. So you you got the Steam Deck? Go yes, ahead. Yes, I've let got us know. it. <laughs> I got one. Dorian got one uh, today as well. So now I've. And then we've okay. got uh, Drew. I've been talking with Drew, who's been a listener and a patron for eons with us. Um, and we've all been kind of chatting about it. And I saw um, who else was it that was that jumped in. Um, Earlier today in the Alter Nerd, we were all talking about the mm-hmm. uh, st- oh Tan Man. We were all talking about Steam Decks, but um, yeah, man. I, I first thing I did when I got it was threw Hogwarts on it and was running around being a wizard, and it ran like a <laughs> friggin' dream, dude. It was running like you know, I think I clocked it down to forty frames a second just to make sure it didn't like stutter, um, and it was smooth. It was running like butter. Um, had everything on medium, I think, except I turned shadows down because I don't really care about shadows. Right. Um, and it looked better than it. I mean, my PC, I was running it on low because I was using my work computer. Um, it has a sweet 1060 in it. But, I mean, it was clipping along, no problem. Um, then I played, um, I got MU Deck installed on it, fired up Wind Waker HD, um, the Wii U version. Mm-hmm. And, oh, God, it looks so freaking good, dude. Um, <laughs> and it was it was a solid like sixty fr- uh, thirty frames, which it was a thirty frame per second game, so it can't really go any faster right. than that. But it was like locked at thirty, not even a dip. Um, and it was the audio was great, the graphics were bright and vibrant. It was it was sweet. Um, I then uh, watched some tutorials and I loaded Battle.net Launcher and Epic Games Launcher on it now. So I installed uh, Diablo Two R, Resur- you know Diablo Two resurrected mm-hmm. i picked that up it was like 13 bucks this weekend um 
played that for a little bit. Um, I played that on the Switch already, but you know, I figured why not? It was so cheap, and I want to play Diablo 4 on it, so I wanted to get the launcher running and see how it played. So that was kind of cool getting mm-hmm. that done. Um, and then this evening, I installed the Epic Games launcher, I haven't installed anything with it, but I got it running. And then the other Steam game I was checking out was Chained Echoes. Uh, have you sure have you heard about that one? No. So Chained Echoes is like a classic JRPG that's like all sprites, um, but the sprites are immaculate. The whole thing is developed, built, designed, written, coded by one guy, mm-hmm. and it is a massive uh, JRPG. It's huge, um, and it has gotten nothing but like rave reviews. Like if if somebody hasn't picked this guy up to take over. At one of these big ass video game companies, they've mm-hmm. screwed up at this point. But <laughs> I was playing that. F- I think I put about two hours into that last night and today, and it is just just everything about it. The art. I love sprites. So the sprite artwork is great. The animations are fantastic. The writing is pretty good. The the sound is amazing. Like the dude hit that hit it out of the park. Like if you wanted to see like a masterclass of one dude making a game, because you always hear like, oh, this guy made this game by himself. Um, like this is a <laughs> an actual game, like big time. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I've been playing that. But yeah, I'm really looking forward to going farther into it. It's the way Valve built this thing is just it, it impresses the shit out of me because it's Linux, right? It's running on Linux, but they've written this compatibility layer that that's called Proton, which basically right tricks every game into thinking that it's running on a Windows right, PC Windows. when it's really on Linux. So <laughs> once you sideload, once you load these um, these, uh, what do you call it? These launchers into it and then run them from inside of launch them from inside of Steam inside of a compatibility layer they run just like they're on a Windows machine. So like what what you find is like there's only like 1300 or something um, verified Steam games that are verified 100% deck compatible with no tweaking. Um, and then there's ProtonDB, which tracks compatibility of games by users using them and providing information. And there's like 4,000 games that are rated as fully playable with tweaks inside of the Proton environment. Um, and and then there's even more that people are adding every day. Like, oh, this is working. And Valve is constantly releasing new layers of Proton and new compatibility layers to fix games, especially newer popular games that aren't working. And then there's another guy um, that has released his own version of Proton called Proton GE. And um, he has he's adding additional compatibility for more old games. So you've got Valve focusing on the newer stuff. You've got this dude focusing on the older stuff. And between the two of them, this environment of usable games is just growing like crazy. Like I installed Battle.net and just clicked install for Diablo 2, and it was it just installed it like it was Windows and booted up and was good. You know, it's just <laughs> yeah, like that is amazing. Yeah, I mean, for for what it costs, it's kind of asinine to not own one if you have the money to get one because it. I mean, and it can emulate like everything except for the current generation of hardware. It can emulate PS3. I've seen. Um, I don't know how well it does it, but Wii U, PS2, PS1, all the Nintendos, everything, it emulates. And then you can remote play 
your PS4 or 5 with it. You can use Xbox uh, Cloud Gaming with it. Microsoft released how to do it. Like the Microsoft officially released, this is how you get our cloud gaming running inside of the Steam environment right. on a Steam Deck. So now you have all of those Microsoft Game Pass cloud games, which is a ton. So, I don't know. It's just a really interesting environment. What they've built there is something special, and I'm glad that it's finally come out, and I've got my hands on it to continue <laughs> to tinker with, and I think it definitely um, has room to grow, but Valve also said um, recently, they said uh, there's not going to be a Steam Deck 2 anytime soon, so don't, don't, right. get, don't get scared. scared. Like yeah. These are the things we would like to change, but we're not going to because we don't we value your investment and we don't want to invalidate your spending within the first year. Exactly. So they said With it's year, years like out. That, yeah. Yeah, you can extend the lifetime as opposed to what you could have done before whenever it comes to hardware and you know longer life cycles of of you know console generations oh, yeah. allow people to actually invest in them. So Yeah, I think the big thing that people are looking at is like are they going to pull an, a Nintendo Switch OLED? where they're going to release an OLED right. version with like a less bezel, more screen, brighter, better screen. Maybe. Right. But I wouldn't be upset about that. Kind of like I wasn't upset when yeah, Nintendo announced it either. Hardware update. There's no performance gain, just a visual bonus. So Exactly. I mean, who? What, what does everybody say? Well, if you already own a Switch, you don't have to buy an OLED. But if your right. Switch breaks, definitely get an OLED. If yeah, you don't exactly. own a Switch, buy an OLED, right? So Yeah, that's true. Anyway, well, all right. Well, let's go you ahead and talk about. That's all I'm saying. Uh, <laughs> I will, if I find a game that requires me, like if D4 was not coming out on console, I would have probably got one. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, well, let's go ahead and move on into the uh, movies and TV section. Yes. So, let's kick it off real quick. We're not going to go super into it, but the D and D movie we both saw that. What were your thoughts on it? Oh man, it was awesome. Yeah. So good. Um, yes. I I just. Like, I went in there with high hopes, which I probably shouldn't have done, but I will say that the movie exceeded my hopes because I, I, I was like, they can make a good movie. Like, making a good fantasy movie is not the not not that difficult. I mean, we have had other good fantasy movies. There's always, but the the problem is, is that you know you get someone that goes, oh, I want to make a D and D movie, and, and you expect them to get real tropey and like right. You know, and be low budget, but but they really, in my opinion, did a very good job of um, like using the core lore of D and D without letting it be a detriment, and and actually using it to enhance. So like, there was a ton of Easter eggs in there if you knew what D and D was, and you knew about the Forgotten Realms. But it wasn't beating you over the head where if you didn't know anything about D&D, you couldn't just enjoy, enjoy a good fantasy movie. And that's why I think it was good. Um, that's what yeah, made it's it important. successful. Yeah, it's important not to take away or feel like you know people are being punished for not knowing that. But just reward people who have seen it. In exactly. So I think it definitely accomplished that. Like You could know nothing about D&D. It would not matter. You would still have a very good time watching this movie. Um, you would just get a little bit, even more uh, of an appreciation out of it if you did. 
Yeah, so, like they name drop stuff like oh exactly. the Sword Coast and Waterdeep or the, and the gelatinous cube. Yeah, and the mimic. Yeah, and the owlbear yeah. and just like they talk about all that stuff like Red Wizards yeah. of Fae, and you're like oh shit I know who those fuckers are. Do you know yeah. what I mean? So you're just like, oh, we're going into the Underdark. Oh, Jesus, I know what the Underdark is. That shit ain't good. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? The, so, a Mimic, too. They had the Mimic, which is like the classic thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, so it was just like, yeah, you had all that stuff in there, and they talked about, uh, you know, they had, you could tell who was what. Like, oh, this guy's a barb, this person's a barbarian, and a thief, and a sorcerer, and a wizard, and a, you right. know what I mean? Like, you knew. Classic archetypes. Yeah, yeah harpers, and. And uh, all kinds of stuff was in there. So they, I thought that was really slick, um, the way they did yeah. that. It was just, it was really well blended with comedy, you know, a feel-good story, mm-hmm. some action-adventure, some sly moves, some strategy. Like, it, it was a whole bunch of good stuff. It, it wasn't, I would not quantify it as, like, an amazing movie. It, it wasn't. But I thought it was a very good movie like a very entertaining and good movie like it reminded me of like 80s and early 90s fantasy movies like conan and dragon slayer and yeah you know all those just like fun high fantasy adventure movies that just you go in and you watch it and you can watch it again and again and you you like it is it going to win an Academy Award or an Oscar? Probably not. Is it going to? Is it going <laughs> to open the door for more movies about D and D? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And I actually thought um, Chris Pine and Michelle Rodriguez had awesome screen chemistry. Like they worked really yeah. well as a duo. And um, I, I don't like her in in most things. Actually, this was the first movie where I was like, man, like uh, she crushed this role. Oh, she she um, she destroyed it, and it had way more. Her role had way more depth than I thought it was actually going to have. Definitely, you know? yeah. She wasn't just a, a blunt tool, right? Yeah. And they had some nice cameos in there too. Um, <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> and did you catch? Did you? I don't know if this is a spoiler, so sorry. But um, did you catch the reference to the eighties eighties cartoon? the 80s cartoon no oh, I, I didn't even know that young. there was an 80s cartoon you're too young yeah. damn it <laughs> no well we'll have to talk I'll, I'll have to show you um, I went and saw it with I went and saw it with guys I played second edition D&D with um, mm. for, you know like 30 years ago or whatever and we were like that they showed up and, and I was like I, I looked at the guy next to me I was like was that and he's like yup <laughs> you know, <laughs> it was just like, oh my god! So it's That's like when funny. you see stuff like that, you realize that the people involved do have a history with the the stuff and are willing to right. you know do that stuff. So yeah, good, love. But it. yeah, good, good movie. Um, you know, we both obviously really enjoyed it. Definitely go out there and see it. You know, hit us up on Discord if you want to talk about it. Really good stuff. Can't wait for a sequel. I know it's coming. Um, we all do. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Real quick, let's move on to Super Mario. We're not going to talk about this too much because we, we had a, a real big deep, deep dive um, for our patrons earlier. But in general, like, let me just say, like, this was a great time for movies because, uh, like, I guess, well, Shazam ruined it for me. But uh, D&D movie and Super Mario, both in, you know, close succession to each other. And they were both really surprised me. So I'm feeling like pretty good right now about the about the movies. 
Uh, yeah, we, we had talked about how much. Yeah, we had talked about how worried we were about certain aspects of Super Mario, and they ended yeah. up kind of being not not as big of a deal as you would think they would have been. And I think it's yeah. because they used it well, they explained it well, the the rest of the voice cast was super strong, the movie was fun, there was good mm-hmm. comedy, there was good action, there was. I mean, it was mm-hmm. just it was just good all around. I thought it had a lot of nods. Um, to the gamer yeah. so if you knew more about mario you got to see some extra stuff um yeah i think i just walked out of there more than anything just being like i had so much fun and like mm-hmm. which i i have not said about a movie in an incredibly long yeah probably since puss in boots which i know sounds yeah. weird but honestly the last puss in boots was incredibly good it was like an anime i haven't basically. seen it yet i gotta see it I gotta it's, see it's very good but I've heard. like i mean this even more so obviously because it's it's mario but I walked out there and I was just like, "Oh man, this was an absolute blast!" I yeah, my four it. my four year old daughter loved it. My nine year old son was just giddy as hell because he yeah. he's literally good, trying to do a hundred percent run in Mario Odyssey right now. <laughs> um, it's the fifth time he's beaten the game at this point. Um, right. And then my wife even loved it; like she she really Perfect. liked it. So it was just like when and then I loved it. So when when that diverse, you know group can go in there and see the movie and and it has something for all of us i think mm-hmm. to me that's that's the definition of of good you know paying homage yeah. to your investment and, and i want to i want to save a little bit of this talking for when we talk about the star wars stuff um with the with the making sure that you're paying tribute to the people who have invested time but um yeah yeah it was good and there was a lot of subtle little nods here like the pizza joint was called uh, Punch Out Pizzeria, right? Which is called yeah, to right. punch out. And then yeah, there was a part where there was a cab that zipped by and it said, Save the Kingdom. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it was just yeah. like little stuff like that all over the place um, that referenced back to like the movie, the, the games and stuff was really just neat. Um, good yeah. world building overall. All I have to say is if I do not get a Mario Sunshine movie, I am going to absolutely riot. I want, I mean, it better get a Luigi's Mansion movie is all I got to say. I it definitely better. Like, those are the two things I really want. I mean, any, anything uh, like Zelda, first of all, but also, like, just directly from the, the uh, Super Mario Brothers franchise. I need a Super Mario Sunshine, and I need a Luigi's Mansion. Somebody Gotta posted a, um, like, a like you know how, like, Marvel does the cinematic universe, like, I, timelines? Yeah, I saw someone Donkey did like Kong a, Country and yeah, something else, right? Someone did a uh, uh, Imagine the Nintendo cinematic universe, and it was, like, Donkey Kong, Legend of Zelda, Mario Sunshine, Kirby, like, all these different, like, big name, like, Nintendo-owned properties and, like, I'd making movies I'd be so much more hyped them. for that than Marvel. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Me too, which is... Okay. <laughs> Never um, thought I'd say that, but yeah. So side true. note, speaking of movies, before we get into Star mm-hmm. Wars, Cocaine Bear is coming out on Paramount Plus, I think, next week. So if you haven't ah, seen it, nice. um, you know, you will no longer have an excuse. Pay $5 to get Paramount Plus for a month I did see to it. see that movie. I know you did. I'm talking about to our listeners. If oh, you no, didn't no, no, see no. Yeah, I know. Bear, I was just going to say, I did see like, it. I agree. Very fun to watch. <laughs> All right. Um, we are about to go where this podcast is always destined to arrive. <laughs> exactly. Where all roads lead. We are finally here. It's Star Wars time. We just had so much information dropped on us. Um, man, it's just it's just a whole bunch. Let's just jump right in with the first thing here. The, the biggest thing out of all of it, I would say, or at least the, the most uh, 
information we've been given about any of the stuff that we're going to talk about was Ahsoka, the new big trailer dropped for it. Um, what did you think of this one? Oh, God. I am way, way too hyped for this show at this point. Like, <laughs> Me too, I'm nervous. Like, <laughs> I am... Um, so, in my opinion... The majority mm-hmm. of objects that Dave Filoni touches is fucking gold when it comes to Star Wars. So majority, yes. He, um, uh, I don't know if you know a lot about him, but he apprenticed directly under George Lucas. I do he know was that, yeah. he he was he was supposed to be basically the guy to replace George Lucas inside of Lucasfilm before George sold it, and he stayed on kind of as the head of um clone wars and then he is now um there's another guy who's classified as like the head of story overall but dave filoni basically handles all of the story and universe building for star wars across all medium and he basically manages he writes you know bad batch is his clone wars was his rebels was his like all of that mm-hmm. he's he's the person who created ahsoka right that's his character yeah. that was his big like his this baby. is my thing that i give to star wars forever right um and uh he he has this plan right and he has this thing and he, there was a really good before we dive directly into this there's a really good interview with him and John Favreau, which are like you know what the, the 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 guys that are ushering in all this stuff, right? Right. Where they're talking about how they build for Star Wars and why they build for Star Wars and how they keep it straight and what they're doing and why they do it this way and how the TV episodic medium has given them an, a really strong opportunity to try a bunch of different things out and and give other directors and writers opportunities to write things and try things that haven't necessarily done movies yet without going, well, here's a movie. Good luck. Right. Right. And having all that pressure. Um, And they talked a lot about, you know, making it so anyone can jump into any of their shows at any time and not feel lost. But if you, if you've been a star Wars fan um, that, that we respect your time and there's going to be some extra stuff in there just for you, but it, but it won't be confusing to people who haven't seen it, but you get to go, oh, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like the cameo of Zeb in Mando, right? Zeb walks on screen. You haven't seen Rebels, you have no idea who he is, but if you do know what Rebels is, when he walked on screen, that's a big, that's a big fucking deal. Like, Mm -hmm. that that dude is not where he was at the end of Rebels, right? Because, and that he's been introduced, and it was the same voice actor that voiced him in Rebels, right? Mm -hmm. Um which leads us to they've actually now they've announced it as of I think today or yesterday mm-hmm. that um Mickelson I forget his first name um the guy who voiced Thrawn in Rebels will oh, be right. playing him in live action yeah so just, which, which is, is great news. huge for me because that dude's voice was just was epic yeah, yeah. Yeah, like that solves my you know Ashley Eckstein not taking over as Ahsoka in live action qualm. That still I doesn't still... solve it for me, but I'm definitely glad I won't have two of them rather than right. One. That's what I'm saying. It's like that problem can't be solved for me, even though it still bothers me a little bit. Yep this this would have bothered me. I think maybe more um, that we've seen who's we saw. Um, uh, what's her name? God, now I'm blanking on it. Um, who's playing Hera? 
I don't know the actress. Uh, Mary Elizabeth, right? Isn't that her name? Um, now I'm looking it up. Sorry, this is great. Uh, Mary Elizabeth Weinstead um, is playing her in live action, which is which she's awesome. Um, and then we saw, you know, Natasha Lou Bordizzo as Sabine. We saw Chopper. I mean, like, ugh, dude, I just that it looks awesome. Um, and my understanding, Dave Filoni basically said, um, you know, it's very heavily, um, uh, what do you want to call it? Like, um, what is it with, uh, God, my brain's melting. It's, um, leans on like, you know, like the Mando is like a Western, right? The genre is like a Western. This is going to be like the old Kurosawa samurai movies where she's like a Ronin, that's like on the loose trying to you know right the wrongs kind of thing so mm-hmm. I love Kurosawa movies so you know the inspiration <laughs> yeah. so the fact that his inspiration right. is that is is awesome I don't know I just damn it looked so good like yeah. um for for me with Ahsoka I mean I I loved everything I, that I saw because you know you, you see where they're going narratively as you said it looks amazing so I'm, I'm super excited about that because Anyone that watches the animated series, you know, like, you can't watch that and not be pumped for what's coming, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, if you've watched um, Rebels, like... Exactly. This is basically Rebels 2.0, pretty much. Yeah. And so, and Rebels was, I don't care what anyone says, Rebels was fantastic. It was one of the, some of the best Star Wars we've ever had. Incredibly good storytelling there. So, um, very good. I'm, I'm just mega hyped for this. The one thing that still like, or I guess the thing that I want to see more than anything else, though, that comes from this, I still have not been able to drop. Like, I can't. I see this Ahsoka as just a different Ahsoka. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I just have not been able to feel like they're the same people. Yeah. That's in how they act. That's in how they look. Like, I just the the gap has not been bridged for me. Um, yeah. I really want that to be fixed in this show. And and Rosario Dawson is not doing a bad job by any means. It just doesn't feel like the same character for probably a culmination of reasons that I can't exactly pinpoint, you know, but it, I, 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 it has to do with uh, those things in general. But I really want some of that to kind of go away in this um series and and hopefully that's what we get because I feel like that's my biggest hurdle right now Ahsoka is my favorite character so yeah uh, I'm super hyped but I'm also like really hoping that I finally get what I want the most which is just you know for them to feel like one unified character yeah Um, I remember him saying at some point that they wanted the Ahsoka now to mm -hmm. be similar to like an Obi-Wan right And probably along the lines of you and McGregor's Obi Wan in in the last Obi Wan show, but not on the like I'm just running away from my problems, but like you know the wiser Ronin, you know been there, done that, seen the shit, lived through it. I'm a badass. Do you know what I mean? But but when you look at like Ahsoka in Visions, right, mm-hmm. which would be the closest we've seen her to this, probably right. Or maybe mm-hmm. it's farther away than Rebels. Was Ahsoka? I don't know. But when you see her like in the end of Rebels, 
right? Mm-hmm. Which she's one of the last characters you see in the whole damn show. Oh, yeah. You don't... It's just you don't get that feeling that she's matured. Now, Now the benefit here is that we're talking about, what, like 20 years um, gap probably between... How long was the rebellion up for? I don't know. You know, because Rebels was at the very beginning of the rebellion, right? And then this right. is after the rebellion has succeeded and then some. So... You know, she's had some time to mature. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they bridge the gap there to, to make us believe it. Um, but, yeah. Well, with Ahsoka, you know, there's always been that one scene with Ahsoka at the end of Rebels where you get to see her in that new outfit. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there was a time skip of, of some duration that we don't really know. I, I don't know if it was ever established what it was. I think it's but, supposed to be um, three or four years because they show Hera and Kanan's son. Right. Mm. Oh yeah, that that's right. You see Hera yeah. playing with the boy, and he's that's that's supposed to be her and Kanan's son. So, so this so is definitely a, after that. Oh yeah, by a long so shot, by a good years, bit. probably like which is know. unfortunate because I feel like that regresses where it looked like she was. She looked like she was at this amazing place. She looked. I always call her like the Force Priest. Because she just looked like she was so next level. Yeah, like the, um, like the, that's what this, I'm saying. Like the Obi Wan, like I've gone so far that like, yeah, I can fight Vader and just drop my lightsaber and I still win. Right. You know what I mean? But at like, the same time, like who she feels like now feels like less than Rebels that, version, yeah. and it certainly doesn't feel like anything what I thought you know that little end scene of her looked like it looked it looked like that should that should have been placed like well, 20 done years some, in the future yeah they've done you some stuff I mean? they've done some stuff with her so far that you've seen in the trailers which i don't know if it really translates really well but like some of the complaints like her liku weren't long enough she looked younger than she mm-hmm. should have for her age they've fixed a lot of that like if you look at like there's a still of her and you see that her her liku her head tails are much longer and her right. horns are a little bit bigger, so it's more in line with what she looked at like then, and what like and Shock T looked like and stuff. Where exactly. the older you are, the longer that is, the bigger that is. So yeah, because um, in Rebels it was it was pretty long. They were getting like, longer, longer than yeah. what it looked like before. Um, in, so uh, they've they've fixed some of those nuances, which I think will help. Um, mm-hmm. So we'll see. It, I mean, it looks like from the, some of the in video, from the, some of the stuff where she's fighting, it looks like she's got a good handle on the whole like reverse grip the combat style too, which I think yeah, is very is, important. Yeah, um, that's like who she is. Yeah, <laughs> with her so, style, so yeah, it, and it looks. I think like it's that. Good. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm pumped about it. I could talk about this all day, but yeah, you guys know what we want out of it. Um, I think you and I are kind of aligned in, in what we hope to see. So yeah. Um, yeah, yeah and there was even the there was even I don't know if you caught it, but I've seen some mm-hmm. stills of it now. Um, there was even like they have um, Ezra Bridger in costume as a hollow image in that trailer. Um, so oh, if really? you look it up, yeah, there's some images online where people have like um, screen capped it, frozen but, it at the right. yeah. So now yeah. you've literally seen the entire Rebel crew, Rebels crew that's you know still that's around amazing. in live right. action now, which is pretty dope. And so Zeb funny. looked amazing in Mando. Let's just take a second yeah. to appreciate how well they did him. Yeah, I agree. All right, well, let's go ahead and move on to the next one here. So that's Skeleton Crew. Mm-hmm. Now, we didn't see a trailer for this one, right? Like, they saw it in the um, event, right? But 
it, it hasn't been released online. So th- I, I saw some of it because there's been some okay. leaks. Um, I saw about 40 seconds of it. Um, and okay. it's a very much, there's an interview I watched with Kathleen Kennedy that was really good where she talked briefly about it and how. I read the interview, or I mean, I watched the interview. How, so like, each there. one of these things, they're trying to, like, position it as something different. Like, Andor's a spy movie, and Mando's mm-hmm. a Western, and and Ahsoka's a, a samurai movie, and Skeleton Crew is supposed to be, like, your Goonies movie, right? right. Like, your, your young late 80s, you know, action movie about kids, you know, coming into their own on an adventure that's way bigger than it should be for their age. And and they've got one older mentor who's Jude Law that's trying to, you know, help them get through this. But it's really in that vein. And I'm like all for that personally, because there's something there's something in those movies from back then that just is is not captured even it's, in the newer movies that are trying to do that. So if they can recapture that, which Lucas and Spielberg were guys who, you know, helped make that a, a thing, you know, um, that'll be I think awesome. it's just like a level of innocence and, and that goes mm-hmm. with that kind of movie um, mm-hmm. that's you just can't get to whenever you have an adult, like a full adult cast. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah I, I definitely think that the it's always like a feel good thing to watch. Um, and more than anything else, you know, it has super broad appeal. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, you can watch it with your kids or anything like that. Great for me, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, kids. so I think that it's a really good way for um, parents to bond with their kids and and watch the thing that you know um, both of them love. I'm sure. So, yeah, that one's going to be really good. Um, super excited for that. Then we have, uh, oh yeah, the acolyte. Right, which is the same mm-hmm. scenario where we don't really know too much about it, but from the the little interview there, this one is supposed to be a kind of much darker and stranger take on things. Right? Yeah. So let me let me look something up real quick. So this is where we start to get into more of an MCU like timeline mm-hmm. uh, thing. And let me see if I still have it. Nope, I freaking deleted it like a dumbass. I posted it somewhere. <laughs> um, there is a thing. So this is in um, the Acolyte is the one that's in the Dawn of the Jedi. No. High Republic, I think. There's okay. a oh, God damn it. Now I need to find a stupid picture. But so they've they've kind of announced these different um, uh, like timelines that they're working with now and they're kind of grouping them together. Um, I can't find the image to give me a minute, but yeah, the acolyte looks like it's going to be pretty freaking sweet. Um, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, it's um kind of the same mindset. We don't have too much to go off of yet, but I I like the idea of it. You know, um, I want something a little stranger, a little more dark. Like, I feel like uh, the genre has always had the ability to go there. Or I shouldn't say the genre. The IP has always had the ability to go there, but we haven't really dived into it in a way that I hope that they do in Acolyte from what we've heard. So it'd be really cool to see that side of it kind of play out. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty pumped for that. All right, I found it. Sweet. Go ahead. I found, I found the timeline. So it's... Um, uh it's in it's it's in the High Republic. I think this one is supposed to be yeah. So it's okay. it's part of the High Republic, which is the timeline that they, um, basically after the the rise of the First Order period of time, which is when the um, mm-hmm. 
the uh, what you call it the the sequel trilogy takes place is called the rise of the first order that's the time that's the area of the timeline that that is now known as right, right. Um, the the um, the high republic is um, a timeline that happened after the old republic but before what they're calling the fall of the Jedi, which is basically the Clone Wars, right? So this takes right. place before the prequels by about a hundred-ish years, maybe a little bit longer, but well after the Old Republic by thousands of years, right? So it's right. in this interesting point where Jedi are still extremely strong in the galaxy and they're very prevalent, um, mm-hmm. but it's not Old Republic where there's Sith everywhere and that's just a race of people and well, yeah, that's just something they- that happens. If they stick canonical, I think that at this point they think that still all the Sith are wiped out. Well, yeah, I think in the High Republic, it's it's the rule of two is in effect already at that point. Right. Um, which doesn't necessarily mean there's only two Sith, but that there's much less of them. Um, right. And then they... Yeah, and then you've got the Old Republic. Um, and then we'll talk about some of these other timelines, but they're calling the timeline now the official name for the... Um, Mando era is the New Republic. Um, okay. So it goes, Fall of the Jedi's Clone Wars, Rise of the Empire is like Bad Batch, right? And and mm-hmm. Rebels. Age of Rebellion, Rebels kind of is on both sides of that. Age of Rebellion is the original trilogy, then the New Republic is Mando time period, and then Rise of the First Order is the sequels, and then the New Jedi Order is going to come after that, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, right. Well, first of all, send send me that whenever you get a chance because uh, that would be very useful to have. I mean, um, but let's go ahead and talk about the next one too. Vision season two releases May uh, May the fourth, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, what are you thinking about this? Because I am absolutely hyped since you sent me that trailer. Yeah, dude. Oh my god! There, you see the image now. I posted. Yeah. It. yeah um, so, first of all. Uh, Vision season one was amazing. I don't even think I see, saw the whole thing because I was just my mind was so blown. I think I had to stop. Um, but there were a couple of those shorts that I was like, I gotta, I, I, I and I still to this day, I, I want those damn shorts turned into full blown shows. The samurai one, yes, the Ronin one, the black and white mm-hmm. one, and then the what was it called? Like the nine Jedi or whatever. Yeah, do you know the one I'm cool talking too. about? Like, I could see them taking those nine Jedi and, like, running with that. Because that was so freaking good. Um, (laughs) You know. But um, this one, it looks like they've even opened up the... um, What they're considering to be... uh, There was, like, a claymation in there. There's, like, more art styles. There was even one that looked had that, like, um, Spider-Verse slash... um, arcane style where it's like more of the paintbrushy mm-hmm. so there was and the animation styles looked much more varied and wide and I was like hell yeah but it looks oh my god it looks bonkers yeah I, I was um, blown away with the differences between them like they went definitely way more eclectic and eccentric than the last one by like a good bit which I, was still, I love there was still like four or five of them in there that I could tell were like okay I've I know exactly who this is. I I've seen this animation before. I know this style. I mm-hmm. know this anime and like so there's like still like five of them that are very clearly Japanese animation studios like 
Yeah. They're going to be, when they say, when they tell us the names, we're going to be like, yep, I know those guys. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you could see those animations, but then there was, there were some where I was like, man, this looks really interesting. Like, yeah. And I'm, 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 I'm glad to see them do that. Cause it, it leads into some of the stuff that Kathleen Kennedy and Dave and John were talking about, which was really streaming is kind of the best thing that happened to star Wars because it's given us a lot of time without the right. burden and the expectation of feature film to to refine our footing to try new things see what sticks see what doesn't even within a single season of a single show we can try different things with different episodes and see how they resonate with our with our fans and then mm-hmm. now we now they even said it now we think now we think we're ready to make a movie again right. because we weren't before since I mean, I since still the don't, sequel, I, I think they might be. I, I think I they might be. But but it, even but. then, I don't know. We'll talk about it. They announced three movies. They even have mm-hmm. already said like one of those movies is at least six to seven years out. Yeah, they're only just now planning it. So while they're talking about it now, they're they're setting a much better expectation of just because we're announcing these movies doesn't mean you're going to get a movie in a year. That we might not see the first movie for four or five years. So they've, they're yeah. not giving themselves a timeline to be stuck to, which I think is extremely smart because it gives them the opportunity to actually like create something and hone it and twist it and reshoot it if they need to and make sure that it's right. You know what I mean? Before they're yeah, going, I, agree. Like, I need just, a movie would, every year. <laughs> I would like to see more progress being made on the show front. Like they have... They have things that are very, like, much more independent and far removed. Like, you know, Visions is a great example of this mm-hmm. that were, were crazy good and I loved it. But it seems like a lot of the other stuff that they've been doing that's more canonical, uh, you know, other than Mando, which has, you know, it's it has its great episodes and it has its not so good episodes. Um, and then, you know... Uh, what was his name or what was the previous show Andor <clears throat> oh Andor was pretty good Andor was pretty good mm-hmm. um, I didn't love it but Andor was pretty good but before Obi-Wan that was not good um, that was a huge stumble and then Boba oh Boba Fett there we go that was the other one Boba Fett like anything that didn't have to do with Mando was just very underwhelming so like i just feel like they really haven't they the only real big live action success that they've had is like mandalorian and then kind of andor yeah Um, but i mean i think they've i mean they have more stuff in the pipe that we're getting ready to see that's going to also fully influence that because if you look at the timelines of these three movies and the other thing that's nice about this that I really like about mm-hmm. the movies is that they are none of them are connected to each other they're in three radically different time spaces where yeah, they literally good. have will have nothing to do with each other there's yeah. nothing you're going to see in this guy's movie that has anything to do with that guy's movie which was a big failure of the sequel trilogy that I think they've learned is that someone has to write the story for the whole thing one person. Yeah, it cannot and be if, and, if, and if we're going to go, you get a story, you get a story, you get a story, we're going to s- separate you guys by decades. 
in the timeline to make sure that you're not stepping on each other's toes. And even Dave Filoni yeah, said... There needs to be oversight. Well, yeah, and sure. even Dave Filoni said, I've got a giant board in my office, a whole wall, that is literally mm-hmm. the Star Wars timeline. Everything we've done, everything we're planning, how everything interconnects. And anytime someone brings an idea, we all walk over to my board and we find mm-hmm. out how it fits. And, and I know who's working on what. And he said... John even said, he's like, yeah, I brought an idea to Dave. And Dave said, nope, can't do it because someone else is doing something similar over here. And I'm not going to have you take that person's thunder. And I'm not going to have, you know, duplication of of, of, of storylines. You know, so it's like, but pass your information over to this guy. So if there's anything in your thought that could influence him, let's be more collaborative in the environment. Yeah. Which I think is, again huge that the collaboration is there and that Dave Filoni is standing there at the top making sure that everybody is collaborating and everybody's informing and John was like I watch everybody's stuff and I make sure that anything that I'm doing how is it connect to this and 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 as they connect more and more of the shows together like Ahsoka is connected to Mando and Mando's connected to Boba and like we have to make sure the more we connect the more work has to be done to make sure those connections don't screw something up. And that's a big right. deal. So they're, they're, they're trying to fix the problems, right? Which I think they're doing. Um, yeah, I mean, that's that's good. But uh, it's still like there's still a quality element that needs to be handled. And, you know, these movies are very far out, which is good. I'm just um, I just definitely want to want to see them show some consistency with mm-hmm. nailing shows. Yeah. Um, too so that that's my one thing but yeah speaking of that let's go ahead and, and move forward so bad batch season three it's coming this is the final season for it um i have not finished bad batch season two me neither yeah i, I just heard I it know. gets really really good like one i've of only the, heard great things one yeah. of my friends basically says that um the last like five or six episodes of that season are like amazing and that basically crosshair is like literally probably one of the best characters in Star Wars like Ahsoka level hmm. like he's he's elevated to like an A tier character for Star Wars which I'm like hell yeah I I cuz his conflict was something that was very big but yeah um two things I want to f- jump back to real quick though yeah one is Vision season 2 releases on May the 4th mm-hmm. slick um and <laughs> two the call out to heir to the empire in Ahsoka was epic, and I'm glad that they're. Um, mm. That's the book that Thrawn was introduced in. Right. So it's nice to see them, and they even mentioned the expanded universe in that interview about how they're now looking into the EU and Legends to pull ideas, more ideas into the new canon. So right, which is something that fans were pissed about when that happened. So that's awesome. Anyway, yeah. back to Bad Batch. Yes, very very happy to see season three, and glad to know that. As much as I hate to say it's the final season, glad to know that the whole thing was planned. Yeah, I'm glad to know that they're willing to stop something. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So that's good. I think that shows integrity in the narrative and everything like that, which is definitely what what we need. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. But because there's ways, like just because their show ends, like A, their show may start, you know, in a different place later. B, they might go to live action at some point. You know, they might be in and out of live action and in and out of. Animated, animated. Yeah, or one so, character like, shows up somewhere, and exactly. that's okay. So, but yeah, like I think that that's totally fine. I think that's one of the greatest things about this universe is that people can pop in and out um, at different places and through different mediums, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But yeah, let's go ahead and talk about Andor season two. So uh, first season of Andor took me a good while to get through. I don't know if it was just me or not. Like I know generally people either liked it or were like, yeah, you know, like pretty good. Yeah. You know, they, I don't, I don't really know many people that have said that they straight up just did not like it. For me, no. it was it was kind of slow, but that was like its biggest thing. But if if that's it, you know, relative to some of the other things that they've done, that's okay with me. Yeah, well, I think that I think that boils into the this is a spy thriller. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's it's and I think that's great that they're willing to genreize some of these. So yeah, we don't have much more information other than it's coming. We don't know when it's mm-hmm. coming. We just know that it's coming, and it's good to know. That there is a yeah. season two because it just makes people feel good. Um, next thing, so yep, Tales of the Jedi season two for the next thing. Yeah, that that's what it was, was called, right? Tales of the Jedi. Yeah, I'm Tales of the deep. Jedi. Yeah, so there's a season two of that coming. I, I saw a blurb about it. I don't know much um, mm-hmm. much more than I that. Again, I think said. it's just that it's coming, which is great. Yeah, exactly. Which is just good stuff. I mean, I I, I definitely liked Tales of the Jedi. They gave us a lot more insight on Dooku, which was really important too. Like that was, I think, oh, dude, that was fantastic. That. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, was awesome. So fun. I, I literally like that character needed more because he was, he was a pretty pivotal character in a lot of the people that we've seen's life, right? For various reasons, mm-hmm. he was connected to everyone. Yoda, um, Qui Gon Jinn, which means um, he's connected to Obi Wan, and then exactly. he's connected to Obi Wan in the Clone Wars and in the, you know. Anakin, exactly. and, I mean, Sidious. In, intricate and, to, yeah, to uh, Anakin's downfall as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, yeah, and he so was huge in Clone Wars, the animated mm-hmm. series, which, you know, not oh, everybody has seen. It. And, and yeah. he was awesome in that show. Um, yeah. So I'm actually hoping, you know who I'm hoping to see pop up in live action at some point is Asajj. Because she's yeah. out there as a bounty hunter somewhere during mm-hmm. the Mando period, right? So That's true. Ventress you know, would be amazing to bring in. If Ahsoka's um, around, she 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 could very well be around as well. So. I think that they're going to bring her in to, like, probably in the Ahsoka show. Because you remember how they ended off. Like, yeah. they were still very connected, I mm-hmm. feel like. Yeah. So, or, or at least they had a connection at the end. So, yeah, um, yeah that that's definitely important. Uh, I also, man, right as you said that, I had another thought of who should come but now i forgot oh it was so good too shoot well maybe it'll come back to you yeah let's jump into this next thing here all right um, because i think this was some of the biggest news i think that we heard one of the things especially i am very surprised oh it blew my mind but i'm actually (laughs) i'm happy to hear it to be completely honest i want to see what they're going to do with this because i know what they're basing it off of Mm -hmm. and if they do it right it could be epic Right, so uh, we are alluding to um, the New Jedi Order, right? That's that's one of the yep. movies coming out, New Jedi Order, and they are bringing back Rey for this. Yep, Daisy Ridley is reprising her role as Rey. Yep. It will be sometime after the sequel trilogy, and it is called the New Jedi Order, which, if you know anything about Star Wars, was actually a series of books um, where Luke Skywalker began to fully rebuild the Jedi Order, but in a new way. Um Obviously, Luke can't do that, but they've now, they're now gonna, it seems like they're gonna leverage Ray as the person that will do that, which is fine. So, the benefit is if they're using, if, if it is tied to that, um, 
then that'll be cool um, because they have some sort of baseline to draw some inspiration from. I, mm-hmm. I'm fine with it because to me, if they take her, who has a connection to a lot of people, right? Because similar to mm-hmm. like you go, well, I like the prequels and Jar Jar doesn't bother me, right? There right. are people who grew up with the rise of the First Order time period as their Star Wars. Like my son likes likes Ray, likes Kylo, loves all that shit. So for him to see a new movie that is taking those characters forward, he's he's all about it. You know what I mean? So and I'm I'm fine with it too because, you know, just like we see Hayden Christensen got a lot of hell for what happened in the prequels when he reprised his role for Obi Wan and like the reception he got at Celebration uh, yesterday, which literally brought the man to tears. Um, you know, you can redeem yourself in this universe, right? If you're given the opportunity, mm-hmm. so. Like, give her her shot to do it. She's probably the only person of that entire cast that's even willing to entertain coming back to Star Wars after all the hell that they all got. You know, because people were like, bring Finn back and and give him a lightsaber and, like, give him his due. And and I'm like, there's no way in hell John Boyega Mm -hmm. will ever do a Star Wars movie again. (laughs) Yep. Um, But, yeah, so that's one of them. And that's another time, the new time period that they, one of the new time periods they announced is the new Jedi Order. Um, Yeah, so for for me on this one... um, I, I have always liked Ray. Um, she had got a lot of hate at a lot of points. Yeah, you know, people call her Mary Sue, and she is. I think that overall, like given the scenario, because um, what's his face? Who was the uh, oh, the director for that? Uh, Which one? For the first one and the third one. J J Abrams. J J Abrams. Yes, thank you. J J Abrams wrote out a script for the second one, and gave it to Ryan. Ryan never he literally threw it out the window and said I'm going to do whatever I want to yeah. do. Kathleen Kennedy approved it stupidly, whatever. Um but he he did always have it going to her being tied to the emperor. And so it it really got rid of a lot of the Mary Sue issues for me because the emperor was so strong that it kind of made sense that she had this natural ability above and beyond many others so Mm -hmm. for me that kind of like vindicated that huge like narrative issue which i i did have for the first movie granted i still thought that the first movie is great still do um but yeah you know is what it is i think ray is redeemable for sure Mm -hmm. john boyega they his character finn they threw him in the dirt and they walked away like uh, that character is is just kind of screwed now i don't I if, think if you could, does, I think you could redeem redeem him because I think his character wasn't as screwed as the storyline he was attached to. Like he Finn as a as a person is fine. It's just the the bullshit they did with him was just unforgivable. But they did him so they did him so dirty. You like, know, even I, JJ I like said that. even JJ came out and said like mm-hmm. his secret that he wanted to tell Ray wasn't that he liked her. It was that he no. was force sensitive. Right. Was what the whole thing was supposed to be that that mm-hmm. that's why they were so connected was because of that um, was right. one of the things. It wasn't some stupid love triangle thing, you know what I mean, which is great yeah. to hear. But um, which was also, I think, one of the reasons they tried to shoehorn that rose garbage. But anyway, we're getting off topic. So. So, yes, yeah. I'm I'm happy to see Ray. So what's the what's the next yeah. one? Very pumped to see Ray. I just want to quickly say um, with. Uh, Oh yeah, the the thing I was talking about before it just popped in my mind with tales. Um, we were talking about you know other characters that we'd like to see enter at some point. The Night Sisters for me, oh mm-hmm. my god, I have to have a series about the Night Sisters at some point, please, yeah. 
We have. I'm, I'm really hoping actually that there may be something to do with that in Alkalite or something. So there might be. Yeah. I don't know. But um, anyways, back to the movies. Uh, the next movie that we got notice of was Dawn of the Jedi. This is a pre-Old Republic era. Right. So um, on one side of the fence, we have the Jedi Order. And this goes mm-hmm. the complete opposite side of the spectrum, which is before the Old Republic. Mm-hmm. The very earliest of the timeline of Star Wars that we will ever see is yeah. this, which is very exciting Jedi, yeah. in my opinion. Because there is literally no baggage associated with yeah. this at all. It is a complete blank slate that they can do whatever the hell they want. Um, yep. As long as Jedis use lightsabers and Siths have red blades, we're good to go. You know what I yes. mean? There's like not really <laughs> anything else you got to worry about. Um, and th- so, yeah, there, there's a lot to go, or I guess a, a lot of freedom involved yeah. in this one. And we don't I'm know. Super excited. All. To see. We, and we don't know anything about it. So exactly. There's nothing so it's, it's that's perfect great. for them, honestly. Yep. Um, next big one is a Filoni unnamed movie. So he's going to be in charge of this one. We, we talked about this a little bit before. Um, it looks like the movie is going to be the conclusion or, or has a high likelihood of being the conclusion of the Mando and Ahsoka story. So I think that we're probably going to get a, you know, Marvel-esque um, culmination of, you know, epicness coming yeah. out of this one. And I, I in their interview, um, they talked a little bit more about it. Um, you know, this is going to be Dave Filoni's first theatrical thing. And, and he started in animation, right? Mm-hmm. With the Clone Wars, he moved into live action with Mando, with John Favreau, and now he is, you know, they've all kind of said he's ready to take on a feature film, and obviously he's got John with him and, and all these great directors that he can, you know, Bryce Dallas Howard and Robert Rodriguez and all these all these people who are directing stuff now and guests from all the different episodes they've done and all the shows that are there as a support structure to help him, which I think is great. And I'm, I'm looking forward to see what he can do, but he made a statement that, um, made it feel like it wasn't going to be necessarily a conclusion, but they felt like the story would get to the point that it was no longer, it needed to be bigger and to be bigger is when you take it to feature film is where you get to really get big. And they, they feel like, by the time this movie is made, which Kathleen said, you know, they said it's it's six to seven years out, you know, is when they think this movie is going to come. By then, the interconnectedness of all of these things will be established and they feel like they'll be ready for a big budget feature film with these characters, which is great because it's going to be awesome to see Ahsoka go from, you know, a Padawan in a cartoon all the way through television live action into a feature film and 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 you've got a movie actress now playing her which i think is probably why it makes sense that rosario dawson is doing it instead of ashley is because even though ashley is a fantastic um voice talent she's never been in front of the camera from what i understand um whereas rosario is an established actress so you know bringing that into feature film is going to be beneficial. I think that she's already got that experience, but yep. Looking forward to it. So yeah, it's going to be very good. I definitely think that it's going to be, you know, very Marvel like where it's going to not be the conclusion, as you said, but it'll be like a conclusion of part of the story, but it, mm-hmm. then that leads to more things. Yeah, you know it leads what I mean? To the next, the next layer of that exactly, story. Cause there's always characters. something else. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> so, um, 
but yeah, so that that's the scenario, and that actually wraps up everything that we know so far. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure there's more to come over the next couple of months. But yeah, well, there's one more day of celebration still tomorrow. So that's true. We might I get some more stuff? Yeah, uh, hopefully. I, I think most of all of the big things, at least, are here. Um, yeah, probably just a few little things, maybe. But, anyways, that is the show for this week, everyone. Thank you all so much for joining. We really appreciate it. Um, Muggin, thank you very much. Thank you. And, uh, yeah, we will see you guys next week. Peace.